Hey there, Kevin here again. <clears throat> if you have not yet watched our video on the Dubai House of Prayer culture, uh, which is our whys, what's, how do we behave, and what do we do, um, please go back and watch that before watching this video. In this video, we're going to be talking about the harp and bowl worship and prayer model, which is what we primarily use in the House of Prayer. I'm going to talk about the values of the harp and bowl prayer model. And then uh, we're going to go into the practicals of the prayer model. And so what my desire for you in watching this video is that you can ingest the material now, and then you can come to the house of prayer and we can experience together, experience it together. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to experience it. Most of your learning is going to happen through experiencing it. But before you can experience it, we have to talk through the values first. So that's the purpose of this video. And so let's just jump right in. Isaiah 56 verse 7 says, Even them, speaking of the nations, I will bring to my holy mountain. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house of prayer shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is, this is Jesus's, this is God's description of his house. Jesus quotes this in the New Testament, speaking of his church, and he says of the church, my church will be known for its life of prayer. And as we said in our last video, prayer is defined as relationship with God. Jesus uh, wants to relate with us, and his people will be, a, will be known as a people that are joyful in their relationship with God. And so when we come into the house of prayer, we want to have prayer that is enjoyable. This is a huge value for Jesus, but I've been a part of so many meetings that were not even close to being that word. They were boring. They were slow. I got easily distracted, and I kept looking at my watch just waiting for the, for the prayer meeting to be over. But that's not what Jesus calls our prayer meetings to be like. They are called to be joyful and exciting and life-giving. And so by introducing this, this model of prayer and worship, I believe that having a model helps us to develop a, a lifestyle of prayer and a culture of prayer that truly is enjoyable. And so that's really the goal is we want to have prayer meetings that are enjoyable at Dubai House of Prayer. And, and so why do we have a model? When I talk about a model, it's a, it's a pattern for doing things. And when I talk about a model, some people may feel restricted by that word. Like, I just want to give God my best. I want to be spontaneous and I want to overflow and I want to follow the Holy Spirit. And we value that too. But I believe that when you have a model, when you have a playbook, when you have direction, it gives the greatest opportunity for the spontaneous to occur for the Holy Spirit to lead the meeting. That's really what we're after, is for the Holy Spirit to take over and lead the meeting. But having a playbook helps us get there. Let me give you an analogy. Imagine a skier. Uh, some of you don't come from climates with a lot of snow, but imagine a skier going down a, a mountaintop. He's snow skiing, and he wants to go to, to leap into the air, but before he can soar into the air, he has to have his feet firmly planted on the mountain, picking up speed as he goes down so that when he hits the ramp, 
He has maximum speed and maximum traction with the ground so that he can soar. He can soar in the air. And then he lands. He has to pick up speed. He has to be firmly planted so that he can hit the ramp and soar once again. The climax, the part that's most enjoyable is the time that he spends uh, freestyling in the air, but it's the going down the mountain that is necessary in order to launch him so that he can soar. And so that is the goal of having a model is to provide an opportunity for us to soar, to be the runway for the plane to take off and get enough speed to take off into the air. And uh, I want to start off by talking about the four values of, of Harp and Bolt, and then we'll get into the practicals. But first of all, I just want to share about how this is scriptural. Everything that we're going to talk about is based in scripture. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at Revelation chapter 5. We're going to look at 1 Chronicles 16. So in Revelation chapter 5, we see a description of the throne room of God. And then in 1 Chronicles, we see a description of the throne room of God on earth. So we're going to look at the throne in heaven and the throne on earth, and we're going to see what is God saying? What is he like? What does he enjoy? What does he desire to surround himself in? So Revelation chapter 5, starting in verse 8, says, Now when Jesus had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, they fall down before the Lamb, each having a harp, and golden bowls full of incense, harp and bowl, that's where we get the name. What's in the bowls? The prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard this voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing honor, glory, power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the living creature said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. First Chronicles 16 verse four says that David appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. There's that word ministry to the Lord to commemorate which means to make petition or to bring to remembrance, to give thanksgiving, entering into his courts with thanksgiving, and to make praise to the Lord God of Israel. And so these, this is a picture, like I said, of God's heavenly throne, and a picture number two of God's earthly throne, which was the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament days. And so out of this passage, you could name many descriptions and many attributes of God's throne. And when I talk about his throne, we're talking about the things that God enjoys. It's the things that God chooses to put around him, not because of necessity, but because he likes it. We want to do the things that God likes. We want to do the things that God enjoys. We want to do the things that attract his presence. And so from the harp and bowl model, I can see four primary Values, And we want to replicate these values 
in the house of prayer because we want to be a place that the presence of God enjoys to dwell. And so I have four uh, values named here. Number one, all activity around the, the throne is worship-based. It's worship-based. Worship continues day and night. Number two, all prayer and worship is God-focused and God-centered. He's the center of attention. Every eye is looking at him. We are gazing at him. We're putting him at the center. And all of creation in heaven on earth is looking at God. It's value number two. Value number three is the prophetic leadership of the Holy Spirit. The new song of God is mentioned multiple times in the Old Testament and in the New, which means that we are following the prophetic leadership of the Holy Spirit. When I say prophetic, I don't mean something crazy and ethereal and untouchable and out there, something that's been written on paper hundreds of years ago, but prophetic to me and to the house of prayer is defined as what is the Holy Spirit saying right now? We want to get in touch with the Holy Spirit and to follow his leadership right here in this moment. I believe that the Holy Spirit is what teaches us about Jesus. It's what reminds us about Jesus. It's what instructs us about Jesus. And when we come into the prayer meetings at DHOP, we want to say, Holy Spirit, take me by the hand and lead me to Jesus, the great intercessor. We want to be led into his throne room. And so we want to make room for the Holy Spirit to lead. That's value number three is prophetic inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And number four, we see ministry to the Lord. We see it in many different ways. We see it by the Levites. We see it by the angels and the elders and the 24, uh, the, the living creatures in all of creation ministering to the Lord, singing about the worth of Jesus. And it's done in teams. It's the the teams of elders, the teams of angels, the teams of creatures, the teams of Levites. And so I believe that it speaks of the value of team ministry before the Lord. So just quickly reiterate that. The, the four values of Harp and Bowl are is it's worship-based, it's God-centered, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it's ministry to the Lord and teams. Let's just quickly break down those four values. Value number one, worship-based. When we come into the house of prayer, we desire for worship to be the base of all prayer that we do. We want prayer to be an overflow from the place of worship. And I believe that the two actually inspire one another. When we encounter God in worship, it inspires our prayer. And when we encounter God in prayer, it inspires our worship. But as we see around God's throne, the two are never separated. It's a combination of both. And when prayer and worship, the harps and the bowls happen together, it leads to an explosion in the spirit. And I believe that much kingdom activity happens when we do both in a combined manner. As this expresses itself in the house of prayer, worship never stops. Even when someone is praying, the worship continues because it gives life to the prayers that are being prayed. Everything is worship-based. On to the second value, God-centered prayers, God-centered worship. When we choose worship songs, we want to choose songs that are sung to God, 
not sung about God. When we come into the house of prayer, we want to talk to God. We don't want to talk to people. We don't want to preach messages. We, want to, we don't want to give explanations. We want to make Him the center of attention. He's in the room. He's walking, and we want to engage with Him, not just with the people. Being God-centered also speaks of the value of doing everything from the Scriptures. When we pray, we want them to be scripturally based. And when we sing, we want to sing Scripture back to the Lord. Ultimately, all of Scripture is God-centered, and it's what He likes and what, we, what He enjoys. And so everything that we do, we do it from the place of Scripture. Before we pray, we open up to a Scripture verse. Before we sing spontaneously, we open to a Scripture verse, and that is what gives us language in the place of prayer and worship. Um, to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, to be prophetically led, first of all, requires us making space for the Holy Spirit to do something different. Many of us have been trained in our worship cultures at our church, which is a, a four-song lineup. And if you only do the four songs, you will never make space for the Holy Spirit to do something different. That's step one, is to actually plan the time to actually plan the time for the Holy Spirit to do something off script. And so that can look like between two songs, or as you'll see in the worship harp and prayer model, all of intercession is a time quartered off to give the Holy Spirit to move and to do something off script. Um, I believe that two of the strongest values of harp and bowl, which expresses itself in being led by the Holy Spirit, is number one, being sensitive to the presence of God, uh, which applies to the worship team and to the prayer leader. You know, I love prayer slides. I think it's a, a great tool to come in and to be prepared and, you know, to go through the prayer slides. But sometimes we get so caught up in the prayer slides that we stop listening to the Holy Spirit. And when we, when we have prayer meetings, we don't want to just have okay prayer meetings. We don't want to just get to the end of the prayer set. We want to encounter the Lord, and we need the Holy Spirit to help us encounter Jesus. And so when we come into prayer, we want to listen. Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are, we, what are you speaking? What faith are you giving to me? What faith are you offering in my heart? How are you leading me to discover Jesus? And as we are led by the Holy Spirit, to pray and sing from that place of encounter. And, um, you know, that can, ex that can look like the prayer leader just being encountered with Jesus and just leading the room in a different way. Or the, the worship leader be encountering Jesus and singing from that place of encounter and going off script. Um, that's one way that uh, being inspired by the Holy Spirit looks. And number two is it's by singing the Bible. I believe that all of Scripture is God-breathed, therefore all Scripture is prophetic. All Scripture is what God is speaking. And when we, when we pray from the Bible and when we sing from the Bible, we are actually creating an environment for the Holy Spirit to move and to speak. And so that's value number three. And uh, value number four is ministry to teams. I believe that when we submit to one another... 
and listen to one another and show humility on our teams and humility between the worship leader and the prayer leader, we actually get to go deeper in God because we're going together. God may be speaking something to me, but I don't see the full picture. But because God is also speaking something to you, if we come together as a team and learn to submit and honor one another, we can get the full picture of what God is saying, and it can lead us deeper into revelation of God. It can lead us deeper into prayer. And so to combine value number three and number four, perhaps the worship leader is encountering the Lord. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me as a worship leader, and I feel the Lord leading me to sing a new song. Therefore, the team acknowledges that and sees that, and out of humility submits to the leadership of the Holy Spirit being expressed through me. We come around what God is saying through me, and we allow that to take us deeper in God. That's a picture of team ministry, and the same can happen in the prayer leader. The prayer leader is moving on the the Lord is moving in the prayer leader, and, and so we submit to what the Holy Spirit is doing in the prayer leader, and we go on a journey together around what God is saying. Um, I've heard it said uh, by uh, the leader of, of Upper Room, uh, it's, a, it's another house of prayer in the States based in Texas, I heard him say that when we come into prayer, we don't want to just do prayer meetings, but we want to be scientists of the presence of God. And I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a scientist of God's presence? He said that when we come into the prayer room, it's like our laboratory where we get to discover and learn what does God like? What does he enjoy? What does he desire? What attracts his presence? What makes us a dwelling place? And so we want to talk about these things and we want to engage these things. And when we put up the, the sale of our of our of our hearts, we want to see where the Spirit is blowing and we want to follow that. We want to be scientists of His presence. We want to learn what He likes. And so, like I said, the model is to get us in the air. These values are to get us in the air, but the number one value of all is what are you saying, Holy Spirit? Let's follow that. All right. Hope you guys are tracking with me. Those are the four values of Harp and Bowl. Worship-based, God-centered, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in ministry to the Lord and teams. So now that we've talked about the vision and the values of Harp and Bowl, we're going to talk about the practicals of Harp and Bowl. And so the values of Harp and Bowl can be used everywhere. It can be used in your church service. It can be used in prayer. It can be used in devotional sets. It can be used in worship with the word. We're not going to cover all of those different sets here. We're now just going to focus on the intercession set, which is the time where we pray and we contend for breakthrough in a specific area, whether it's for the church or for the lost or for the nations. And so Harp and Bowl always has three steps. Step number one is corporate worship, known worship songs. The goal of corporate known worship songs is to bring everyone into engagement and unity around the Lord. You know, many of us are coming from different walks of life, different backgrounds. Um, maybe our days were difficult. Maybe we're stressed out with work and we need a known worship song to bring us into connection with the Lord. So we can put aside our distractions from today and to connect with Jesus. And by doing known worship songs and not a song that I've personally written or an unknown song is because it brings unity within the room and we want maximum unity and maximum engagement as quickly as possible. 
And we want to choose songs that are God-focused and not man-focused. That is when we choose songs about God, it builds our faith, sets our eyes on Him. When we choose songs about us, it puts our attention on ourselves. Uh, But we're about to do intercession for the nations, and so we need our faith built up by setting our eyes on the Lord. So that's step number one, known worship songs. Step number two is spontaneous singing. The goal of spontaneous singing is to move into a place where we engage our whole heart with the Lord. Many times when we're singing known worship songs, we're engaging our hearts. Maybe we're engaging our emotions, but maybe not always connecting our spirits. But when we sing spontaneously, this looks like singing a new song. Whether it's uh, singing a Bible verse or singing, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're beautiful. That counts. It's you connecting your spirit with the Lord. But also, Paul teaches us about singing in tongues and singing spiritual songs to the Lord, engaging our spirits. And so in DHOP, we love to sing in tongues. And so when we sing spontaneously, we'll sing in tongues because it's about connecting our spirits with the Lord's spirit. And sometimes that'll last a few minutes. Sometimes it might go for a long time, but we'll do whatever it takes to connect our spirits with the Lord. We want to pray from a place of our whole hearts. And so a time of spontaneous singing is a time of connecting our spirits with God's. And many times that's when God speaks and gives leadership and the Holy Spirit comes and begins to lead the meeting. Uh, Like I said, we want the Holy Spirit to lead. Uh, When we come in with known worship songs, we are saying, Jesus, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You are our honored guest. And then as we transition into spontaneous singing and later in intercession, Jesus shows up and we say, Jesus, you're now no longer the honored guest. You're the leader. Come and lead the meeting. Come and lead the meeting. So those are steps one and two. And then steps three is to actually make intercession. And so uh, I'm going to take a moment to break down what intercession looks like, the four steps of intercession. uh, And then we'll wrap up this video. And so when we do intercession, we do four steps. First of all, the prayer leader comes up and he introduces uh, he introduces the prayer topic. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm looking at my notes. He introduces the prayer topic and he reads the scripture passage from what he's going to pray from. Step number one. Number two, he leads the room in prayer. He actually prays the prayer. And at the end of his prayer, he restates the theme of his message. You know, maybe he's praying for revival. So at the end of his message, he says, and in Jesus's name, send revival to Dubai. And the reason that's important is because if you pray a long time, people get distracted. So simply restating the theme at the end, it reminds everyone, it reminds the worship team and the people in the room, oh, that's what we're praying for. So it's a very helpful thing to restate it. Number three, the the singers on the worship team will antiphonal sing around the theme. That might be a new word for some of you guys, but antiphonal singing means to sing in turn, to take turns singing. And this looks like singing short, simple phrase, phrases, maybe five words, maybe eight words. You can take your time with it. 
but when you re you don't want to repeat it. Uh, when you repeat it, it becomes a chorus, which we're not ready to do that yet. It's just singing short, simple phrases. The singers will take turns, maybe two rounds, maybe three rounds of it. And the purpose of that is, is, is it does several things. It gives us language uh, to, to know how to pray. Uh, it creates new ideas and new words and new phrases that we can uh, connect our spirits with. Uh, another reason why we, we sing intentionally is because we, we're singing from the Bible. We're not just singing random words. We're not just singing spontaneously, but we're singing from the Bible. Um, and so it's, it's giving life to, to, the, uh, to the scriptural passage that the prayer leader just used. Um, and the, the amazing thing about singing is that when you put the Bible to singing, it becomes catchy and it goes from our heads to our hearts and it builds faith. And, and we need faith in order to please God. We need faith to, to pray effectively. And so when we take time to sing the Bible and sing biblical phrases, it creates language and it builds faith. So that's step number three. And then step number four is the worship leader, or if there's a designated chorus leader on the team, they will create a spontaneous chorus. And what that is is a short, uh, a short phrase, like I said, five, eight words, maybe ten words, but it's repeated. It's sung over and over again. And a good rule of thumb for the chorus is to sing uh, many times, maybe sing eight to ten times, the more is better because we're trying to invite maximum engagement from the room to get as many people involved as possible. And when we create a chorus, it creates unity around a prayer. And like I've said in my previous video, when we sing, it's not just singing. We are praying when we sing. We are praying when we sing. And when we put our prayers to music, something powerful happens in the spirit. I've, I said that, I've said that word spontaneous many times. I actually don't like the word spontaneous because it sounds like it's random or it's made up on the spot, which is not a strong value to me. I believe that nothing that we do in the, spot, in the house of prayer is ultimately random or spontaneous. I believe that the Holy Spirit is influencing us. He's influencing the worship team. He's influencing the singers. And so when I say spontaneous, I do mean made up, but it's never spontaneous and it's never random. It's always Holy Spirit inspired. And so um, those are the four steps of intercession. So the prayer leader introduces the prayer topic uh, and reads the scripture passage. Number two, the prayer leader leads the room in prayer and restates the theme. Number th three, the, the, the worship Singers sing intentionally around the theme, the theme two to three rounds. And then number four, the chorus leader or the worship leader creates a chorus which summarizes uh, the entire prayer. And um, that's it, guys. That's Harp and Bowl uh, in a nutshell. It's very simple and it can be applied in many different circumstances. Uh, we talked about it now, but you're going to learn the most by doing. And so if you are a, a church team, the next step for you now is to come to DHOP and to plan a worship lab so that you can do that with one of our leaders. Um, ideally, uh, this model, what I just mentioned, what, what were the three? The three were known worship, uh, spontaneous singing, and then intercession. Uh, the beautiful thing about having a model is that if you don't know what to do next, 
If you get to the end of intercession and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got a whole another 30 minutes. What do I do next? The beautiful thing about having a model is you just go back to the beginning and you can go through the entire cycle all over again for as long as you need. But like I said, the goal is not to get to the end of the model. It's to encounter Jesus. And so when you put up the sail of your heart, you put up the sail of the, of the harp and bowl model, and then the wind starts blowing, please follow the wind. Please follow the wind. When we come to D-Hop, that's what is the secret sauce. That what's make the, what makes the difference is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? What are you doing? What are you praying? We want to join you in that place. Um, love you so much. I'm just going to end with one final thought, and we'll cap this video off at 30 minutes, is that every time we come in and we do a worship set, we want to brief together before we begin, and at the end, we want to debrief. The reason why we brief is because it creates unity. It, it develops a, a sense of team, because we do things in team ministry. And it also makes a greater makes greater space for the prophetic, because before the prayer set, we get to talk about it. We get to pray together. We get to listen together about what is the Lord saying and doing. And then afterwards, uh, we debrief. Because we want to continue growing. We want to continue growing, learning. Are there any encouragements to give? Were there any points of confusion? And what did the Lord say? What did the Holy Spirit do or say? We want to listen to these things and we want to become scientists of his presence uh, so that we can learn what he likes and, and grow in those areas of preparing our hearts uh, and our teams to be dwelling places for the presence of God. Thank you so much for your time. We love you so much. And if you're, if you're a church team, we look forward to scheduling a worship lab with you next. God bless.